Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by Anthony Hayes. I had Anthony on the show to discuss his latest film, Gold, that he wrote, directed, and co-stars in with Zac Efron. The film is centered on two drifters traveling through the desert who stumble across the biggest gold nugget ever found. Then the dream of immense wealth and greed takes hold. They hatch a plan to protect and excavate their bounty with one man leaving to secure the necessary equipment. The other man remains and must endure the harsh desert elements, ravis wild dogs, mysterious intruders, and battling the sinking suspicion that he has been abandoned to his own fate. Gold is currently available on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. We also discuss Anthony's project to support independent filmmakers, Film Crib. Film Crib is a platform where filmmakers can share their short films and make money. This is an incredible project that removes the middlemen between artists and commerce. There's no charge to watch the films, and in fact, you can make money by watching films on, on Film Crib as well. For more information, go to filmcrib.io. You'll notice that this episode starts with us in mid-conversation. See, this was an impromptu interview that came up after I tagged Anthony in a post on Twitter. And unfortunately, I didn't click record until we'd been chatting for about 20 minutes. So ultimately, I think it's pretty easy to jump in and pick up on the conversation. It just starts off kind of abrupt. So I had a great time chatting with Anthony, and I highly recommend you check out Gold and Film Crib. Enjoy the show. So you get kind of get you get the best. Yeah, and then is that is it um is that something where when you're doing a film like this that you're thinking about that and going against type with that casting, or is it something where um it was just that this was the right guy for the role? Is it something where you were wanting to kind of show that other side of somebody. Yeah, I think it, it was it was hard with this one actually because because the script was engineered to be so bare bones that you couldn't really get you couldn't really get a ping on the characters in there. It was so open to interpretation depending on who you would put in the role. Um I mean one of the you know one of the reasons uh gold was conceived in the first place as well is because I had Another film called Stingray that that got that we were in Vancouver and we got uh, six weeks into pre-production and then got shut down because some of the financing fell out. And part of the reason was that is that I had this ensemble cast that was really huge with um, a lot of names in it. And it once that house of cards starts to shake and trying to get them all at the same time to facilitate the budget of the film, we just. We lost lost an actor, then replaced them, and another one fell out. And we pushed the dates, and then it, it kind of becomes a house of cards. So I got to get got a bit burned by that experience about the expectations of um, of distributors and uh, sales companies and things to have to stack the decks so heavily with big names across the board. It makes it really difficult to you know get that amount of actors um, together with that amount of uh, you know uh, weight in the marketplace. And so, you know, we're getting six weeks in to pre and then that getting shut down because of those reasons, I really wanted to come back to basics and go, I want to engineer a film that requires one actor and that's it. So, you know, <laughs> you lock him in, you got him locked and you don't have to worry about anyone else. You can cast who you want. There's no expectations on the other roles and 
Um, and, you know, Zach, Zach fit in that category as well. Um, so it's about finding someone that, you know, obviously as the, the market dictates, someone that can facilitate the budget of your film. Um, but at the same time, finding someone in terms of this role that was doing something interesting, doing something different, and and also was able to bring a warmth to that character um, so that you actually liked him because there wasn't a lot to, to pin on him, you know. So. No, that, that's interesting. I think um, I, I don't know how much I like either Man One or Two in this. That I kind of see them as it's their sides of a coin, you know. And even in the their yeah. naming of one and two, where I guess yeah. one one is a little bit um, I, they would turn on each other in a second. It doesn't seem like either Absolutely. one of these are really good men. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah. we we were with. Uh, Zach for the, you know, we're seeing it through his eyes. So I guess we're pulling for him more. Um, I just don't yeah. know that I necessarily liked him. I'm compelled by him. I want to watch him, but like him. Trust yeah, absolutely. Him. Not really. Yeah. No, I don't think you can trust anyone in this world. I mean that, you know, that's the whole kind of clunky metaphor at the beginning of the dog eating the dog, you know, <laughs> when I'm, come along and do the old thing i mean that's what the movie's about is even in the first ride in the car with him the first thing i'm doing is ripping him off for an extra 60 bucks because i can you know yeah. so it's um you know that's 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 the world we're living in and again plays into those themes we're talking about earlier about when you start to value those things over common decency or over um you know relationships with other humans and that's that's where we end up as a Deserted fucking dust pool of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Every man for himself, killing each other. And, and th- that's the thing. This is in, I guess this is set in the not too distant future, but I mean, yeah. we're already there in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, whether it's sci fi, dystopian, you know, uh, world, it's always takes something that, that, is present in society today and shines a bit of a light on it and projects it a little bit into or a lot into the future. Um, and generally, thematically, those things are so spot on. You know, you can go back to 1984 and you can go, wow, you know, it's pretty spot on then and it's <laughs> spot on now, you know what I mean? So it's uh, that's what I like about those those genres. And, but you just keep it at that arm's length. So that it's not preachy, yeah. so that it's not something where you're getting exactly. off a soapbox and you're making something that's entertaining. You know, you uh, by the yeah, exactly. eighty four. I go to Animal Farm. That's the one that always you know, yeah, got absolutely. In middle school. That's the one that really cracked my brain open. And that's right. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so yeah. it's that that little bit of a difference. Then you start seeing things like um, you know, Night of the Living Dead or something like that, and you watch yeah. it and you enjoy it as a you know, sixth grader, I think the first time I saw that. And then, yeah, you know, watch that and talk to somebody a week later about it. And they go, oh, you know, that came out like the day before um, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. really does change things, doesn't it? That's, Absolutely. To, yeah. Amazing. And it's, it's, uh, and you think about the world that we're in right now and with gold, and we're in the middle of just, I mean, we're recession, inflation, gas prices are going through the roof. And, um, you yeah. know, in my my country, we have a whole lot of shit going on that's pretty horrible right now, and people are more yeah. worried about their possessions than they are about the things that are going on with our Supreme Court that are and with our elections yeah. that are just really frightening uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. We're we're, we're not just dipping our toes in authoritarianism in this country anymore. So it's kind of 
frightening and we're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, that's right. so, yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah it's going up another dollar yeah that's right it's um yeah it's a wonderful world isn't it <laughs> that's why i'm doing that's why i'm doing a musical at the moment i'm doing the oh. robbie williams i'm doing the robbie williams uh biopic it's the um it's uh i don't know if you guys in america know robbie williams a big, I, I, um, he had like a big pop song in like the late 90s here i think i, I remember yeah, like, he was uh, with a band called Take Skin Off. Yeah, the rock DJ and yeah. really big in the UK and Europe. And so it's the director of The Greatest Showman, which was, you know, oh, with wow. Zach as yeah. well. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty big production. I'm sitting in my trailer today as you wait around when you do big productions. So Just um, waiting for know. the setup. And so can you tell yeah, me that's about, right. yeah. about um, FilmCrip, this uh, platform that you've started out for people to release their own short films um how did that come together yeah. and what is it exactly yeah it's it's kind of part of a of a bigger ecosystem but um i won't bore you with because it's very long-winded but i'll give you a kind of brief summary of it uh but essentially you know my experience in the film industry has been that it's it's never tipped in the favor of the creators of content it's always tipped in the favor of the middlemen uh, in terms of the economic waterfall and how that goes about and how you have to kind of beg for, um, you know, and have people in the way of the creative process, but then the profits of the films never going to filmmakers. And so it's been a problem in the music industry, obviously, anywhere that art and commerce is combined, it's an issue. So um, I wanted to create a an ecosystem and a platform where um, I tied crypto and and film together in a meaningful way, and so part of that is that my next uh, film production is a um, is a sci-fi trilogy, a um, and it's partly financed through uh, a crypto token that I have and a, and and a community. And then through NFT sales, which I've developed NFTs, which are about to be launched, which are character 3D rendered characters of the film done on Unreal Engine, which you then can take out and put into a metaverse. And it can be your avatar in a metaverse. And we're creating a game based on the sci-fi film so that you can take your avatar NFT and play a game and earn crypto from that. And part of that offshoot is the... Um, is the, the the film crib and the film crib is a um, is a streaming platform that's free and it's basically a platform for emerging filmmakers to uh, upload their content and get paid in crypto per stream. So it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a watch to earn platform as well. So you can earn crypto from watching it, which then drives up the views of the of the filmmakers and then they earn the crypto from also streaming it. Um, it doesn't have a paywall, so it's free for anyone to do it. And at the moment, we've got about 12 Academy Award shorts on there and Khan winners and, you know, big top-tier festivals around the world. We're doing a, we're doing a horror month next month uh, where we've uh, curated a whole bunch of uh, emerging filmmakers in the horror space and we're doing a horror month and um, playing horror films. And so it really is a way to directly connect um, filmmakers and the audience without the middlemen. So we don't stand in the way. We essentially provide the platform so that filmmakers can earn by being on the platform. People can enjoy the content. And, you know, we're having people like, uh, you know, next month we've got Tom Savini. Uh, really? You know, father of Gore who's coming on because we've got live streaming uh, capabilities built in. So, 
you know, we'll be live streaming uh, established filmmakers. We'll be having roundtable discussions with emerging filmmakers who are, you know, either doing it outside the system. So it's really about rogue filmmaking and how you can make films and bringing communities together on Web3 and uh, creating a, a resource for people to do it a different way, you know, so that it benefits the the filmmakers more than anyone else. And so the idea is that we also create, um, we also cr create, well, there's a tax on the buy sell on the token that's tied to it. And so we use that money to finance other short films on the platform. So they become film crib originals and we kind of just help be a platform for emerging filmmakers to get their content out there and um, and be rewarded for it. That's, that's, that's wonderful. The yeah, that's I've always and I I think you would probably agree with us or you probably had a similar feeling at some time when you go to film festivals and the short films are often the ones, the things that I take away that I want to go back and revisit. And they're Absolutely. just lost. You, you can't find them. It's this thing that you saw yeah. that was sandwiched in between something else that somebody just put ahead of something. And then maybe that filmmaker or somebody was in the audience and it's just a calling card. But there's wonderful little films that exist yeah. all on their own that they really need a place to be seen. They do. They need a place to be seen, and and filmmakers need to be compensated for their work. A lot of them yes. self finance as well. So you know, if they can, you know, pocket an extra few grand to go towards their next production, then fantastic. You know, if they can, we can build a community where they're all talking and helping each other, and you know, finding new and exciting ways in Web three to either you. A lot of people are using NFTs to to finance films. Um, uh, I mean, Kevin Smith from Clerks sold his entire film as an NFT. There's there's a lot of integration that's trying to take place in terms of film and and crypto. And the issue really has been so far is that it's always been a bit of an afterthought. So people will make a film and then go, why don't I sell a bunch of useless NFTs and make some cash out of it? But it doesn't really work that way. You actually have to put a lot of time into developing a community uh, of crypto fo uh, followers and, and also uh, filmmakers so that you can bring those two communities together. And our community is now at probably about six or 7,000, you know, in the last few weeks and the film crib's oh, got wow. 100,000 views and, you know, we're, we're, we're dropping the film crib into, into the Human Park metaverse. You should check that out, Human Park, which are doing great things. Um and so, yeah, it's all—it's really about just finding a new way to way to do things and finding other platforms because we don't have to go down the traditional um, distribution channels that we're all used to. Um, everyone's looking online anyway. Even the streamers, uh, for instance, as you know, they take five years to pay a filmmaker when they really it wasn't aware. Pay, of that. Yeah, it's paid over five years, so you still, as a filmmaker, have to go and loan the money off a bank and pay all the interest and the oh. banking fees and, you know, so there's, I, I think there's another step to be had and I think that eyes are coming away from theatrical distribution into, into apps and things like that and, you know, streamers and I think that, you know, this is one step further that if we can roll out what we plan, which is a, a series of, of a, a chain of virtual cinemas, is, is the aim across multiple metaverses, then, you know, that's really going to uh, kind of create uh, a space where you bring a lot of young people, and that's what it's aimed at, uh, who are both crypto savvy, who can help finance films um, for the filmmakers. They can profit from those films. Um, and they can on-sell the NFTs. It's uh, the, the world's kind of your oyster in that world. Um, 
So it's been really exciting. There's a lot of innovation in the space that's taking place and it's very early days, but exciting because the the possibilities are endless, you know. That's amazing. That's such a great idea. I love that. That it's, uh, I mean, I'm one of those people that's, um, <laughs> crypto is just outside of my knowledge that's base, NFTs outside yeah. of my knowledge. Now you've created something here that I could be involved in. The idea of that that I could I would have interest in because there's the the thing of putting money into something that I don't that it's not backed and I it's beyond me I get it it's decentralized that's fine I understand the purposes behind it but it just doesn't connect with yeah. me really as a general yeah. philosophy with crypto but this I get this actually makes sense to me there is a tangible there's something that's based that you have yeah there is. And that's yeah, and bizarrely, the themes are linked, you know, because decentralization in um, crypto and decentralization in film that's what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about putting the power, taking the power away from where it currently is and putting it back into the hands of the creators and, and, and a community that supports them. So, um, the people are out there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's you know. There are, there are a lot of scams or a lot of crap tokens or a lot of, you know, if you wanted to belly dive into the into the kind of pits of humanity and take a trip down gold, you could, you know, and you could, you could fall into those pits quite easily. So, you know, I'm not going to um, spruik anyone to just dive into, to, you know, buying crypto or anything like that because it's a pretty volatile world. But, you know, when when there's a system in place where you can put people together and, um, you know, filmmakers can get, you know, what I believe they've been missing for a long time. Um, and that, you know, that's why NFTs blew my mind in the first place, because when they came out, the whole idea of an NFT is that the original creator of that NFT has a royalty built in on the blockchain so that yeah. every time it changes hands, it automatically goes onto the blockchain back into their wallet. There's no dodgy accounting practices. There's no middlemen that are taking it and then passing it on. It's a direct transaction that is that is unhackable that everyone can see. And so that kind of blew my mind because, you know, I look at all the artists that I've ever loved and Basquiat is my favourite artist and I go, man, yeah. how many stories do you hear where, you know, Basquiat probably sold his painting for five, ten thousand $10,000 and now they're going for $100 million. But when those things get exchanged for $100 million between all the very wealthy people in the world, there's no revenue that's going back to his estate. There's no revenue going back to Basquiat. And so you know what I mean? And it's yeah. wrong. It's wrong. It just becomes a, you know, it's the same with film. It just becomes a, a handball exercise where one person buys your product off you, then they handball it over to a streamer and then they handball it over to someone else and everyone just takes the, you know, the money out of that process and and um, and the filmmakers very rarely are left with any of that revenue stream. It's just impossible for a film to make money, which means then as a filmmaker you've got to go out again with your cap in hand every single fucking time you want to make a movie play by all those casting rules that I was talking about with my film falling over where you go, you need Joel Edgerton and Emily Replace, Maggie Gyllenhaal, John Bernthal, these were all, good. all these people were in my film and it wasn't enough, you know. <clears throat> so it, it eliminates that as well. It means that, you know, you, you, can, you can finance a film with a community. Um, you're not bound by the same kind of rules that you are with, with you know, distribution companies and things like that. And I think it's an exciting playground for 
that hopefully can revolutionise film in the same way that we did in the 70s when we broke away from the studio system and created all that amazing stuff that now is the the turning point in what great cinema is because artists got their voice back. It was independent. It's like the, the studios just didn't know what the hell they were doing anymore and they just gave over the keys and they just said, fuck it, we, we can't figure out these hippies. Go make movies. You you have a beard, yeah, go absolutely. make a movie. We can't. Yeah, you know, we don't know, you know. <laughs> I mean, so it's, uh, you know, and there's a lot of things, you know, you can do partnerships with particular blockchains and, you know, they're very generous at the moment with helping startup companies and giving them sponsorships to do things on their blockchain. So there's a whole new world of economics that is out there that that you can explore in terms of filmmaking that, um, that no one's really gone. Head for, I mean, once the studios find out that the model works, They'll be they'll get there inevitably, and they'll have their own virtual cinemas in metaverses. But you know, there's this idea that you can have like those you're talking about Basquiat's, and how many of yeah. those are just sitting in a warehouse somewhere? They're not on somebody's wall. Oh, it's, there's yeah. some investment banker that knows that if they sit on this yeah. for 20 years, it's going to be something they can move that's part of a portfolio that they just they don't absolutely. It, it's it's I envision the end of Citizen Kane that it's just this warehouse filled with shit where there's just absolutely yeah, it's just stuff and it's somebody who does not appreciate it and the people yeah the, that's right the the art the artist and the people that appreciate art is so separated from the people that are yeah, from the ex- it and end exactly, up with from it. the economics of it yeah yeah it's bizarre yeah. it's two different worlds it always has been. Um, you know, Kanye West, um, you know, has been banging on about it in his tweets for years. He's been releasing parts of music contracts that he's had and almost getting sued about how inequitable it all is. And he's a very wealthy man from his records. But if he's wealthy, imagine how wealthy they are. You know, it's... Um, There's somebody signing and, his check. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and he's the talent. Um, so it's... Uh, you know, it's interesting even doing this Robbie Williams thing, there's elements of that in there too, you know. Um, um, I play his manner. Well, actually, I'm not allowed to say that, so don't print that. Um, <laughs> NDA. Yeah. We'll, we'll strike that bit off the record. You could say I'm here shooting it, but that's all. So. There we go. Um, and he, um, yeah, Kanye even found a way to take his, his latest record into a device that people could then use elements of his music and that they could uh, use them to create their own music and take the beats from it and take the samples from it and freely use it. Whereas if that's under a record deal, they, they, they have the ownership of it and they're not going to let anyone do anything. So he's sharing his music in a way and going, buy my music and then you can have it. You guys can own it. It's community owned, you know, and that's this, the, the kind of the same thing that we're talking about. And Radiohead, you know. Um, no, they did that as well. They, they released it online, yeah. Just through pay what you can. They, yeah, pay what you can. And they probably made more money out of that album because it was just direct to their website than what they did in any kind of record deal. So um, it's rife and it's been rife. This kind of behaviour has 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 been here in all art forms um, where commerce and art meets and, uh, you know, everyone's looking to change it. And I think, I think that's why we saw Netflix, you know, an explosion in Netflix and, with big filmmakers going to Netflix from the studios is because at the very least they got to go there, present their budget, get a premium on top of that and kind of bank their checks from the get-go and, um, 
you know, get paid and get their royalties. But the problem with that too is that, you know, the lifespan of a film making money is 25, 30 years. You, there's no more lifespan outside of that. So they're just banking their check up front because they know that in 25 years they're probably not going to see it anyway. <laughs> so it's well, going to go to everyone else. So I, I don't, it's interesting. I generally don't agree with a lot that I hear from studio heads. Um, but yeah. the guy from Sony who has a lot of issues anyway that are kind of strange, but he said something that I thought was really interesting. I hadn't thought about in these terms about streaming. Um, he said that you have to fight for cultural relevance when you release a film in theaters. When you dump it on a streaming yeah. platform, you don't have to make that fight for it, that you don't have to just That's necessarily good. do that thing. And I, there's something to be said for that. And you can see films that just get in 10 theaters, you know, these tiny little indie films that yeah. they, they're just using that to get the press out there, to get word of mouth going around it. And it feels like those movies have a longer shelf life that you go back to them, but something like a movie like bright that had Will Smith in it, that cost $200 million yeah. that had like one of the most highly paid screenwriters out there, you know, and yeah. it's just, and it just disappears. It goes away. Yeah. You, you yeah. Never it's think crazy. About it. It, yeah. know, it's bizarre. But I mean, I, I just, it, that's one of the things that I think is the important about the theatrical experience. Um, yeah. And that's because the audience had a vested interest in it. And I think that that's where that's you right. connect with this as well, because the audience has a vested interest in these films by the way that this platform is set up. So you're, you already baked in cultural significance. Yeah, you're baked, yeah, that's building. right. You're hardwired into the ethos and you're hardwired into why you're there in the first place. There's a reason to be there, you know. There's a, there's a, there is a cultural reason to be there or, a, or an ethos reason to be there, which is always helpful. So, yeah. So what's the one that I should see? If anybody that's listening to this, what's the film that they should go on to filmcrib.io? What should they watch? What's the one on there that you would say, this is the one you should check out? There are, there are a lot of great ones on there, but my personal favourite is a film called Miracle Fish. Um, it's directed by Luke Doolan. It's an Academy Award-nominated short, um, and it's uh, a, a kind of it's about gun control. Okay. Um, and, you know, which is something that I'm kind of about. And so, but it does it, it does it in a really, uh, in a really delicate and kind of beautiful way. Um, it tells the story in a, a really great way. But there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's 12 Academy Award either nominated or, you know, winning short films on there. So there's, there's plenty there and there's, you know, some more art house films and the horror is obviously going to be more schlock and gory kind of indie filmmaker kind of stuff, which we're excited about. Um, there's some award-winning horror films that were dropping as well. But, you know, if, you, if you're into, you know, the Academy Award type short films, then... Uh, I don't like it all. I, I, I got in... I'm a genre guy, though. It was horror that got me in the door that taught me how to love Academy yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Honestly, that was... The th it was genre schlocky stuff that yeah, got me that, to, that got me to go to the weird revival house downtown. And then it <laughs> yeah, was just, right. oh, well, what's this thing that Nadja, what's that that's playing next door? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go yeah check that's that right. And so, yeah. and then you're just two degrees of separation from discovering Kurosawa. And that's just how yeah, those things that's work. Right. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, some of the most interesting voices are the ones that haven't been beaten into submission yet by, you know, what the market dictates or having the noose of, 
you know, a budget of 20 million, you know, so therefore having to follow a certain path with your, you know, film. It's very rare that you, you know, get in a position like me where I get to do whatever I want with gold <laughs> with, with an A-list actor in it. It's very rare, you know, yeah. to be in that position where I didn't have anyone tapping me on the shoulder and going, hey, it's a little bit bleak for a Zac Efron movie, isn't it? Or it's a, you know, it's a, was, you know, can Zac have a shave at least, you know? <laughs> so, it, you know, I realised that's a, you know, very fortuitous spot to be as a filmmaker. And so, you know, what's great about a short film platform is you're getting those voices and you're getting those very unique voices out there before they've been put back in their box, as it were, and before they have to pander to the economics of it all, it's just their heart and soul just put into something that they probably self-finance themselves. And yeah. so to encourage those voices, I think is really important, you know. And there's a lot of great stories that are five minutes long. They don't need Absolutely. anything else. There's so, yeah. they, they can You can work on a different structure where you can have a film that's essentially set up punchline and that you're out and that's it you don't have yeah, to have absolutely. all the things that 90 minutes dictate there's a certain that's level right. that you can really just do things and i think horror shorts are really good at that of doing that setup oh, absolutely and so we I, got we got sent one the other day and it's a minute long and <laughs> it does the job i mean it does it really does not like it's just freaky and you just go Oh shit! And it, it was literally a minute long, and I just went, "That's got to be on the platform because it's if you can, if you can do that in a minute." And you know, one of the things for the short films that is probably, you know, and it's generalizing, but a lot of them could do with a good edit um, because you actually are left to your own devices, and you don't perhaps have the storytelling skills that sharpened yet because you you're still a newcomer. But um, you know and we're heavily curating the shorts that are on there. But by the way, anyone can upload their films. It doesn't have to be films that we find. It's just that we curate them on our end to, you know, make sure the, the, the quality is, there's no kind of um, terrible shit going through, but it's, um, you know, everybody it's appreciates, appreciates quality control at this point in time. <laughs> there's somebody, it's... yeah, we, we all, you need a little I bit think of Netflix can do with a bit of quality control. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Spend my nights going like this, going, fuck. Well, it's like 50,000 okay. fucking things on here. Would you rather go to a restaurant like Cheesecake Factory that little, literally has a fucking ad break in the middle of it where there's advertising for yeah. Bilbo's in the middle of the menu or go to a place that sells five <laughs> things and they do them really well? I'll go to the place. Yeah, that's that right. Only, they have like one thing at that restaurant. That's all you can buy one there. One thing they're great at. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm on board yeah, for that. Okay. And I can't change it. I have no choices to make. Fucking perfect. Yeah, exactly. But I know it's good. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so we'll grow. You know, we'll grow. We're only six weeks old at the moment, and the app's just dropped today. So, so um, is the app going to be on Apple TV? Uh, the stream. So the app is on that is on the App Store at the moment. So it's for okay. iOS phones. The Android uh, app for um, Android phones will be dropping, and then the next thing will be dropping in the next few weeks will be a TV Android app as well. So you can um, you can put it on the big screen or you can watch it because they're short films too. You know, you can watch them on the way to work, on the train, on the bus, and that's the idea. It's short, sharp content that people can tap into and, um, you know, you can leave comments for the filmmakers and have a little chat in there. And then when our live streaming capabilities come on, you can come into the Tom Savini live stream or whatever it is. When will that be? Do you have a date set up for that one? I'll definitely be checking that out. 
Yeah, I'll let you know what the date is actually. Yeah. Okay. We um we don't have the exact date. We're tying it in with uh, our integration into Human Park, which is the metaverse. Um, and so we'll have our own virtual cinema in there. So I'm thinking it, it's going to be around the 13th of July. So we're going to time the dropping of horror um, month with the tie-in with the metaverse and with the Tom Savini all at the same time. So fantastic. Yeah, which will be fun. Super excited for this. This is great. I'm so, this is something that just makes sense. There are certain ideas that you hear every once in a while and you go, oh, yeah, that, that's obvious. Why hasn't that already existed? That makes perfect sense. This should have already been a thing. And this should have been, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because you can, if if you go to YouTube trying to watch short films, you'll never find anything. It's, it's a million times worse than what Netflix is. Yeah. It's just, there's too much crap in there. And um, there's That's no right. And it's spread, it's spread everywhere. It's spread across a million different channels. You know, I mean, a lot of these filmmakers we found when we were going out and kind of hand curating it to start with, to build, you know, good quality stuff for the platform was literally us as a team going on, sifting through YouTube, sifting through all this stuff, finding a great film, contacting the filmmaker and then going, hey, you know, you can put it on a platform here where all you guys will be together in the one place as a community and great film. So that's how it's been. Now we're starting to get people uploading their their films every day for us um, at this stage. But the early days, it was it was that. And it was hard, man. It was hard for us to find them, you know. And then, and then also a lot of films, um, you know, newer shorts are tied up with distribution deals as well. So they, yeah. you know, we're, we're non-exclusive as well. So we don't care if it's somewhere else. We're just another platform for to give, um, you know, filmmakers a chance. We don't want to tie them into any fucking contracts or anything like that. It's just not what we're about. Um, and and then, if you know, if a lot of the festivals, obviously you have to be a current film. So there's just so many great shorts that are out there that could be three years old or four years old as well that people just haven't seen. And so... You know, when we launched this platform and we've got, you know, uh, like I said, about, you know, six or, or about 7,000 people just in our Telegram channels and things for the for the crypto side of it, these guys are loving it. Like, they, And these aren't film people. These are crypto kids, man, and they're <laughs> sitting there going, holy shit, there's a short film and ah, ah, I've never even really seen one before. And so, you know, there is a, there is a kind of hunger there. I mean, we know because we're in the film industry, we make it our business to know these things exist. But, you know, they didn't even know apart from, you know, they knew that an Academy Award could be given to a short film, but they didn't know where to find them. They'd never seen them. Right. No, why would, I mean, why would you? There, there's no Why would you? They're not going to con to watch some short films. It, and a, your average you know. person does not have a Vimeo account. They've never heard of that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not right. Going, exactly. Not looking at that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And that you're tapping into that. That's a such a great idea. I mean, my, I know I show things like this to my 11 year old and expose yeah. them to short films and things like that. And it's just, things that he shares with his friends and they're just like, they're blown away. They had no idea that these yeah, things totally. existed out there. And it's so, and yeah. he actually walked in in your film tonight and started talking about it. And I kind of gave the rundown of what it was about. He was like, Jesus. Yeah. And he just kind of <laughs> sat down for a little bit with me and watched the last half hour of the film. And yeah, he was, uh, yeah, yeah. Great. He's a he's a horror kid, and so and it definitely worked for him. Oh, is he? Oh, you yeah. love the last the end of it, then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you, you have a bit boring for the first three quarters, but 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think this is a film that really would work for genre fans as well as people that are just fans of good yeah. performance. You know, if you're somebody that just wants to watch somebody, um, if you watch the, God, I can't remember the name, the Tom Hardy movie where he's driving for an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. Locks. Yeah. Lock. Thank you. Yeah. So if you're, if you're watching something like that, I think you could absolutely watch this and get the same kind of joy out of that that is yeah. in that film because it's really about a man unraveling and that's what the you're man, seeing yeah. here. And that's, that's what right. this is yeah. about in its heart. And it's, you know, it all is lost. It's that kind of thing. It's, it's, that's right. I think that those are performance pieces and that's what this is. Then you get to the genre fans who get to see Zac Efron made up, made pretty ugly throughout the course of the yeah, film. Exactly. Right? You know, dealing with some, some pretty heavy makeup by the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks rough. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally, yeah. I think I think um, you know it does have an appeal to the genre crowd. Definitely, you know, it, it crosses over into that world, which is you know, which is great. It's great. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, no, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad that that's uh, the <laughs> most successful tweet I've sent out in a very long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just being a ride. Okay, now. And when Gonna, I'm, I'm still a physical media guy, and so yeah. I'm I'm gonna gladly put gold on the shelf next to the. Oh, dude! Ah, so you're an awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's no, great. No, that's it, all it, the- there's a there's that little Australian stretch that I have there of films and. Oh, know, dude! Well, that's I mean, well, that's I mean, it's gonna go right next to Goldstone. <laughs> if I was going alphabetical, it'd be right there, so it would just make perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, this is a great little film, man. So good job. I'm really, really oh, thank happy. you. And yeah, and the, I'm so excited about Film Crypt. This is such a cool idea. So congratulations. And, oh, brilliant. Yeah. No, great thank stuff, you. Man. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And if I have anything else exciting to talk about anytime, then we'll, we'll jump back on a chat and, you know, we'll chat again. Please. I would love to. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to reach out again and find out uh, so that I'm in the loop on the Tom Savini stream because I want to see that. I want to make sure I check that. Brilliant. Yeah, great. Great. Okay. Cool. I'll let you know. All right. Exactly. Take it easy. Take care. Have a good day. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
voice crack.